Welcome to the Weight Loss for Fertility podcast. When you're trying to get pregnant, whether naturally or with the help of a fertility doctor, weight loss can better your chances of success. I'm Dr. Stephanie Fine, and I help you do just that. Let's go. Hello, fabulous. It's so good to be here with you. I'm Dr. Stephanie Fine with Weight Loss for Fertility, and we talk about how to lose weight in the kindest, easiest, most permanent way that helps you then get pregnant, stay pregnant, deliver, live a beautiful life. Doesn't that sound great? We get that done. Okay, so today we are actually gonna talk about snacks. I didn't know whether to make this a question because I get questions about snacks all the time. I'm just gonna lump it in the meals category of the podcast. We've had breakfast and lunch, and now we have snacks. So I'm just gonna tell you all my thoughts about them. The main thing to think about is always, always the hunger scale. So we want to be able to follow the hunger scale, eat at negative two, stop at positive two, so that we don't get over hungry and then overeat. We want to be able to eat the right amount of food for our bodies, okay? That's important. Ideally, we're eating meals. Because when I talk about hunger scale, when we're negative two, I want you to eat enough food to get to positive two, and that's a meal size amount of food. And so meals is what I usually think about. Now, there's so many things. So it's possible to have three meals a day, or some people have two meals a day because they're not hungry for breakfast, or there can be a combination of meals and a snack. In general, I would prefer, and I'm going to tell you why, meals and either no snacks or one snack, if possible. And again, remember, we're going with the hunger scale. So if you're hungry, you're eating. So we're not not eating. We're just figuring out how to eat in a way that's best for our body. So now I'm going to talk to you about that. The reason why two or three meals is ideal, again, only if that fits with your hunger pattern, is because we want insulin to decrease. Ideally, we want it to go away in the body. That's what fasting is. And fasting, we all do it when we sleep overnight, right? We're not eating. That's when the insulin is zero because uses up all the glucose and your body is has a rest from insulin. Remember, insulin is the thing that stores fat. We want there to be a lot of time in our body when insulin isn't needed or not on board. It There gets to be a point where you need energy and your body will start to use your fat stores. First, they'll use it in the liver and then eventually the other places that you have fat. We want to give it time to do that. That's why it's so nice to rest and not eat at night. Now, we don't force fasting, but we're very clued into our hunger. And when we're not hungry, we don't eat. Some people are not hungry in the morning. Some people are really hungry in the morning. You do you, really. So remember, all this is about you're eating when you're hungry, stopping when you're satisfied. That's the first and most important thing to do. I know you may be sick of hearing me say that, but it truly, for discovering where we're overeating, following the hunger scale gives us that information. Because then we know if we're eating to plus three, we're overeating at a meal. If we're eating when we're not hungry, that's an overeating incident also. So all of that goes together. And we ideally, we are getting hungry. The idea is when we get hungry, we need fuel. And the fuel that the body wants is, you know, glucose, but we're going to give it 
fiber and protein and everything else that it needs also. So we'd like there to be a couple of hours, three, four hours between meals, if that works for your body. Now, can work for your body better if you're making sure to have protein in those meals. That's why protein is so important. We want to get you a couple of hours between meals if possible. Not where you're starving yourself, but where you're legitimately not hungry because your body's breaking down all the fiber and the protein and then using it and then it needs more. Okay? So if you're eating protein in your meals, that's the best fiber too, then we're getting a clean understanding of your hunger patterns, right? Because it will be slow to break down and then you'll get hungry. If you're eating carby meals, that breaks down so fast, the glucose spikes, the insulin spikes, and you get hungry much quicker. If you notice that you're getting hungry really quickly after meals, look at what it's in the meal. A high carbohydrate with no protein or fiber will make you hungrier. You'll get hungrier. So that's why hunger scale is important and so is the idea of getting protein in there, okay? So now we have that ideal. Ideally, we're doing good meals that we're eating till positive two and there's good protein and fiber in there, okay? Now, a place where we can get hungry often is in the afternoon, right? Because let's say you have a breakfast at eight, you have lunch at 12, and a lot of us have our lifestyle that we don't eat dinner at four. I were king of the world, I would have people eat at four, frankly, because I do think that that's when you get hungry. And the amazing thing is, is that if you have dinner at four, you're not, even if you go to bed at 11, you're usually not hungry. It's really incredible. They have the the fasting studies, the studies on fasting have people, and I've mentioned this before, eating from seven in the morning till 3 p.m., and they're not hungry the rest of the day, and they don't go to bed at like five. You know, they go to bed at a normal time. It's It matches our circadian rhythm. So I'm just saying, if it's po- the reason I'm bringing this up is because if it's possible and you're hungry at four and you can have dinner then, you know, you can get those senior specials. <laughs> but most of us can't do that. So I'm just putting in a plug when you can. If you can't, then often that's when a snack is really useful to get you an hour or two to the meal, okay? And that's the tricky part about negative two, positive two, right? So with a snack, you'd wanna wait till till negative two, and then you're just eating to probably zero, not positive two with a snack, right? For a meal, we're eating to positive two. For a snack, we're just sort of, and in that hour or two, you'll go back down to negative two and be hungry again. That's what we're looking for. But again, can't you can see that if we didn't have the snack and we just had a meal, that you wouldn't have those snack calories. That's just how my brain works about that. But but real life is real life. And I take that very seriously. It matters very much that everything fits into your lifestyle. If it doesn't, you won't do it, and then it doesn't matter. So the idea there then is a snack around that time, Okay. The main reason to use it, some people decide to power through that afternoon and wait until dinner, and I don't recommend that because, remember, if you're hungry, you eat, but also you'll be so over hungry for dinner that you will just not stop eating. We want to protect the dinner. We want that to be able to be a meal from negative two to positive two, and that's why we can use a snack if you're hungry, negative two, earlier than when you're going to have dinner. Okay, so I also recommend it like if you're driving home from work 
and you're already really hungry, and remember, we don't want you to get really hungry, but let's say you're hungry, that's a great time to have a snack too, because then it allows you to be able to get home, put your things down, start making dinner without being hopping in the pantry, shoveling something in your mouth, and then making dinner, and then not really being hungry for dinner, but wanting to eat the dinner anyway, because it looks delicious, and you're now with your partner, and you're, you know what I mean? It gets so confusing. That whole thing of when you get home, you're so hungry, you just eat anything, and then there's dinner, and it's confusing whether to eat it or not. I mean, that I just want to, want to save you from that. To me, this is a great place for a snack, okay? And so let's talk about snacks. The thing also about snacks is that they're mostly processed foods. Like, snacks wasn't ever really a thing. You know, like if you were raised on a farm, you know, you had breakfast, lunch, and dinner. There were no snacks. There, like, when people made their bread and their food, the, there weren't snacks. People weren't snacking. They were just eating their meals. So I always think of snacks, especially because, like, if they're in bags or the little snack packs, like snack packs, it's such a industry, like, consumerism kind of thing. It's invented for us. And it really is. I mean, it works. They work on our brains. We love the little packages. We Our brains love the dopamine hit from the fast carbohydrates and sugars. So they're very addicting and they're very palatable. They make them, you know, really sweet or really salty or a combination. And I mean, they can be very enticing. I'm going to say that whole foods are always better than ultra processed foods. That's just a general rule. It certainly does not mean that you can never have ultra processed foods. If they're your favorite foods, you're going to figure out a way to have them. No problem. But like a bag of ultra processed food is not going to satisfy you very long. It could actually make you feel hungrier. Again, with that way of, especially like cookies or crackers, that the glucose will spike quickly because it's ultra processed. The insulin will spike as well, drop the glucose, and then you end up being hungrier or very hungry. So snacks in general, that's going to be always my recommendation is that they're not ultra processed. Things that you can find in a vending machine, in a normal vending machine, are usually not my fave. So I'm going to tell you some of my faves. I want to say it's not a long list because when we're not using ultra processed foods, there's only some whole foods that make good snacks. Okay, so here's here we go. A protein shake. Now that's processed. So I'm starting off with processed ones. But again, my bigger desire for you, my bigger desire for you is weight loss. Because I do think that losing pounds of fat is more beneficial for fertility than a particular food item. And so that's always the where I'm going from. And so I do think that protein shakes, and you, there's many to choose from, and you can find the one, it can be organic, it could be pea protein, it could be like, there's so many things. I'm okay with any kind. So whey protein, any kind that works for your body is can work. And Protein shakes, you certainly can have them every day or you can have them as a, you know, when you need them kind of thing. Same with protein bars. So a lot of protein bars can be like candy and I'm gonna tell you what to look for to to make sure they're not like candy. We don't wanna eat the ones that are like candy bars. So we're looking for the highest protein. My ideal bar has one gram of protein for every 10 calories. So if it's 100 calories, there should be 10 grams of protein. That is hard to find. So kind bars are not like that and a lot of other bars. Like So look, the one that I find most palatable that works for me is Think Bars. They used to be called Think Thin. Now I think they're just called Think. They have a 
150 calorie bar that has 10 or 12 grams of protein. So see, even that one isn't at my ideal level, but it's close. If you start looking at this, you'll see it's not easy to find. Um, that's a small bar. And so I would have the whole one if depending on when I need it. They also have one that's bigger and it's about 200, 220, something like that calories with 20 grams of protein. So you see how that's closer. And for a snack, I would recommend half of one of those. So around 100, 110 calories for a snack. I think in general, around 150 calories is a great caloric goal for a snack. It certainly can be more. And depending on your body size, where you're starting from, how your body feels, you get to make any choice you want. This is just, I'm just giving you some guidelines. So remember, a snack is small because we're just going from negative two to zero. So that's the, the protein bars and things. I love protein bars too because you can stick them in your purse and you can have them if needed. Recommendation I have for snacks is dairy because I think they're a great source of protein and they're portable. You know, you can get cottage cheese or yogurt or string cheese or things like that and you can have them around. Some of them do need refrigeration, you know, certainly if they're out all day, but you can also have an insulated bag. But these are really great snacks that are satisfying and, you know, like small enough. They're just, they're not necessarily a meal. They're a snack. Now, I wanted to take a minute here and talk about dairy. There is a book, The Fertility Diet, that talks about dairy, and they talk about full fat being better for fertility than low fat. And since the book came out in like 2007, and since then there have been other studies to sort of that muddy up those results. The thing that is important to know is that if you react poorly to dairy, then you should not have dairy. If you're allergic to any, whenever you're allergic to anything, of course, don't have it. That will always make there be inflammation. Inflammation is a enemy of fertility. So if you have a reaction, of course, don't have it. There was just a, a more recent, because I was looking into this, a more recent study in 2016, and it showed that, especially for women over 35, that having dairy was better, had better outcomes. And they looked at full fat versus low fat, but they didn't make a distinction of that in terms of um, the recommendation. They didn't even make a recommendation, frankly. They were just sort of pointing this out. And one of the authors was the same author who did the fertility diet. And I had read something and I couldn't find it, but where he did the full fat dairy recommendation in the original book. So I know that dairy can be such a confusing, if you like Google it, oh my goodness, it's it's challenging. It looks like there's not a problem with dairy and it may in fact help. Only if you like it and only if you don't have a personal reaction to it, okay? And if you just aren't sure, and if your doctor tells you not to have any, then don't. I mean that, you know, or, or you get to decide, but I'm saying take your doctor's recommendation to heart. This is just some information. The study from 2016 had uh, 232 women, so it's not like it had thousands of women. It just looks like dairy is okay to have, and that's what I want to say about that, except for the all the things I said before. If your doctor says something different, if your body reacts differently, if you don't like it, forget dairy. But if if it's fine with you, then it's a great snack idea. So yogurt with berries, or you could even have a few nuts on there, string cheese with half an apple, some cottage cheese with some people like it savory, some people like it with some fruit. So any of those I think are great snacks. Turkey roll-ups. This is before you're pregnant. You can have the deli meats. Jerky, I used to recommend that a lot more. If you're okay with salt, that's fine. It's also, of course, you know, has some 
processing, although it's a little more natural processing. So if you like jerky, it could be a really good one because it's really high in protein if salt is not a problem for you. I love leftovers, like a little bit of leftovers. I love leftovers for lunch. If you have a little bit of leftovers, especially the protein part of your of your meal, you know, dinner the night before, that can be an excellent snack. A handful of nuts can work. When I say handful, I mean that, like 10 almonds, you know, a few walnuts, like a small amount. Remember, this is a snack. That often works best if they're pre-portioned out because some of us have a hard time with a bag of nuts. They just, you know, we just keep eating them. Nuts are a wonderful food in general, but the amount is the issue. So having a few nuts is going to be better for you in terms of the overall picture and the any fat loss that you're looking to have. This is a place that you could end up getting a lot more calories than you need for the purpose of the snack, right? To get you from negative two to zero, really in waiting for dinner, right? That's what we're talking about now. So it's a small amount, okay? And then lower on my list are things like hummus and veggies and nut butters and fruit. Again, I think those, they can get a little out of control with a high dose of calories and I don't think that it's necessary there. Now, sometimes it will be. Sometimes that's all you have. Sometimes that's what you want. The way that we lose weight here can accommodate anything. I'm just giving you my ideas about snacks. I even have one client who loves carrots. She just, it works perfectly for her. Amazing. Now she found that with experimentation. Yes, that is what will be required from you. I'm just putting out these ideas, but you're gonna find the thing that works best for you. There definitely may be something not on my list. You'll notice my list is, except for the protein bars and shakes, is whole foods. You'll also know that there's not crackers on there. Not that you can't have crackers, but in general, if you have crackers, it would definitely have to be with protein. So like, you know, deli slices, turkey slices, and it's just not my favorite because of that spike that I was talking to you about before. And depending on how hungry you are, it might be hard to only have a certain amount. But again, this is, you get to experiment. The point about snack here is a couple things. One, afternoons can feel very hard. And sometimes we look forward to our snack. And when, we, when we're doing that, we're, we're putting too much pressure on the snack to entertain us, to relieve boredom, to relieve frustration. That is not what food is for. Food is for fuel. Remember, it's not terrible fuel. It's yummy fuel, but it's still fuel. So if we're looking for our snack to entertain us, make us feel better, rather than just fulfill our need for fuel, we have to figure that out. And by noticing and asking ourselves questions about it, it's really helpful. If you know you're hungry, if someone walks by with you know a cup of yogurt, and you're like, oh, great, assuming you eat yogurt. But if all you're in the mood for is, or, you know, that's a good sign that you might not actually be physically hungry. You may need a walk outside. You may need a break. You may need a hug, but you might not need Oreos, okay? And so if you have a pro, like if you know that your overeating happens in the afternoon here, a lot of these things that I'm talking about could be places to investigate, and then making sure that you have a protein snack when you're actually hungry will really, really help. So that's what I have for you about snacks. You got to experiment for yourself. You got to see if you're actually hungry. And then a whole food protein-based snack will 
serve you the best. And that's what I want for you, the best. I am here anytime for you. If you have questions, if there's something you want clarification on, I am here for you. .com, that's my website. You can lose weight with me or just contact me. You can also find me on Instagram at stephaniefinemd. I am sending you so much love. Until next week. If you follow, share, rate and review this podcast, you'll be helping it reach others just like you and making their journey with weight loss and fertility just a bit easier. Lighten their load. Share in your groups and social media. Thank you, fabulous. Fabulous.